edition of Not For Nothing. <laughs> I would call it a special edition of Not For Nothing with your hosts, Chris. <laughs> Chris, uh, I might be saying this wrong, but uh, Sut, Sut and the Mai. Yeah, Sut and the Mai. Happy Sut and the Mai, Chris. Happy Sut and the Mai to you, my Norwegian, Norwegian friend. Norwegian Independence Day, 17th of May. Con- uh, and by the time you're listening to this, maybe the 27th of May. Well, maybe, yeah. It doesn't matter. Know but the get. important thing is, we're doing it on the special day, and it should be the only international day of celebration that this country should be doing. I totally agree. And about uh, one, but nobody does it. One <laughs> one millionth of the population might agree with us. So, my father Arvin included, um, mm-hmm. and your family as well. I don't know if it, I, a lot of fans know this, but uh, Chris and I are the only two Norwegians that uh, came from the Northwest that met in New York and <laughs> maintained a friendship. We saw, we saw, an, I saw, saw something in each other. Uh, yeah. I saw a kinship, a kinship, a, a glimmering white beacon of Norwegian flesh in the distance. And I said, I would love to talk to that guy and become a lifelong friend with him. Uh, Sounds like a good strip club name. actually. <laughs> Norwegian flesh. Norwegian flesh. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what that's the uh, uh that's the english translation of ludifisk is that norwegian flesh <laughs> oh that's why it tastes so good going down does it <laughs> oh it's the worst it's thing it's fucking in the world. disgusting it's oh, fucking disgusting. my mom who was even born in norway would live there for 18 or 20 years or something like can't stand that stuff it's disgusting and i'm a you know i'm a i'm a pickled fish I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not, or whatever. I'm a, I, I like things that are funky. Pickled I like, herring? I, mm-hmm. so yeah, we have pickled herring in the fridge right now from, uh, from Russ and Daughters, courtesy of, uh, the great Ben Friedman. He, uh, he, he, Ooh. he hooked it up. Yeah. We got all nice. sorts of pickled herring and, and my wife's Dutch and she loves pickled herring. Cause it's so, you know, like mm-hmm. there, there it's is close. this preserved fish thing in, mm-hmm. in area, in all lots of nationalities, mm-hmm. uh, but man, Norway, they uh, they got it kind of wrong. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it does because it's not necessarily like uh, cured. It's like salted. Yeah, but it's also but it's also like gelatinous. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a weird like it's a weird way they do it that I'm. It's not like sort of a normal like of, of drying of the fish or curing the fish. Um, yeah, it's disgusting. I wonder how it's prepared. Do they just bury it in a yard? Uh, <laughs> just take it. Take it up on the 17th of May and hope no one dies. <laughs> Skull. Probably. probably. <laughs> um, so anyway, Chris, uh, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I, unless you've got a ton to talk about, I kind of want to just jump into this interview with the, uh, with cold cuts, Mike Davey, who's got, who's got some really good, uh, I, I, I have a feeling has some pretty cool insight into the, uh, into the last dance doc. And some experiences as a New Yorker in the in the late nineties. Um, yeah, let's just re- let's just reminisce with him, and uh, we'll probably just call it a day. Awesome. So without further rest, without so. further ado, we've got a special guest for you now. Um, everyone's favorite, uh, everyone's favorite sort of Nick's sufferer, Nick's a, uh, I don't know, New Yorker, great guy, Mister Cold Cuts, Mike Davy. Mike, 
Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Chris. It's great to be here again. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Yeah. Uh, So, so much to talk about with the basketball season. (laughs) I can't believe all the crazy stuff that's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, didn't the last time we have you, we didn't actually do a show? We tried, right. and I think we were missing like a plug of some sort. Yeah, we missed. Yeah, yeah. much. Even, and, we, and when there were shenanigans, I yeah. I went and st- actually stole the wrong cable. I went. And I oh, walked right. like seven miles right. to to yes. an undisclosed location and came back with the wrong cable, or still was missing a cable, or something like that. Right. It was on me. But this is not the reason we have you here. We're, this isn't a makeup. This we love. Mm-hmm. We love having you on the show. You you carry such wisdom. As you're mm-hmm. as as a as a more new, so than us, definitely more so than us. But but first and foremost, Mike, how you doing? Is everything okay with you and your your family? Yeah, everyone here is is healthy and um, still getting groceries, which is the important thing. And are you um, still getting diet diet barks root beer? Diet barks root beer. I get cases of the stuff. <laughs> I'm like a like a prepper. Like I will if diet if if root if diet root beer becomes the currency <laughs> of the world, I am like that like camp in Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> that, like that would be me. <laughs> the newest Bitcoin. I'd be having a truck full of diet root beer. I'd be trying to drive it through the desert. <laughs> That's all I care about with my wife. Every couple of weeks, I check in with her. Let me find a place for more diet root beer. <laughs> We're getting a little low. We only have exactly. four cases. Like, <laughs> We're three cases left. Like, I go through like a case a day. Throw the bed out the window. We don't need it. We can sleep on the cases of root beer. Exactly. I'll sleep on the cases. It's a fire hazard. Yeah. Um. So, so we, we, one thing, just so you know, Mike, we've we've sort of been avoiding any conversation of the last dance, just because it's so beat to death uh, on every sports okay, podcast. Yeah. So we haven't really done much talk about Minimal. really Michael Jordan f- f- at all. Like during this, you know, it's sort of our our signature. But we, <laughs> we would be we. I I uh, I was watching a couple episodes a while back, and um. And you and me, Mike, we had talked a little bit, but not talked about the last dance. You hadn't watched it, I think, at that point. I had only watched like one episode or two episodes, like two episodes at that point. Yeah, and I finally caught up. So you, uh, now, now, episode five. There's a they 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 open the the episode with uh, everybody at the. It's I think it's the '96 All Star Game, or or something like 98 that. '98 was the one. Oh, I think 98. 98, was the 98. one. The one in Man, in um Master Garden. Yeah, Master Square Garden, and you happen to be at that All Star Game. Is that correct? I I have this vague yeah. memory of you so, telling me a so story. So it's just it. that I was there. I have a, a really good friend who's actually been on the show, Mario Diaz, who was was the um one of the producers oh. directors of the Mike and the Mad Dog. We love Mario. So Mario was our big break. So mm-hmm. yeah, I actually tried to get him to come on and talk with me, but it's we just couldn't work out. He's on the West Coast and. Oh. Um, he didn't get back to me till yesterday, but um, so then um, yeah, so he was he was at that point working as a cameraman for a new for the the news division in New York of a Mexican television station. I can't remember what the station was. Okay, probably better that way. And then um, so and at that time I had season tickets for the Knicks and had for for a number of years. So and I used to we were bar we also worked as bartenders together lots of times. So we um. And I used to bring him to games with me and stuff like that. Sometimes. Can I, can so I stop then, you right there? I'd give anything to go back to whatever bar that was in that time and have you and Mario wait on me. That would be like <laughs> that'd be a dream come we, true. That'd be incredible. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was a place called Mondo Cane, and oh yeah, I was just yeah. talking about that two days ago. It was a venue, <laughs> right? Really, on Bleaker, on Bleaker, yeah. on, off of Bleaker Street, yeah, on um, Thompson. That's so fucking weird. And it was up, that was upstairs, and there was another one owned by the same people called Mondo Perso, which was on Bleaker Street around the corner. I mostly used to work at the Mondo Cane one, and so did and Mario did too. That's fucking yeah. crazy. Oh, weird. I did that for about three or four. I don't know, like I don't know, probably three or four years, four or five years in the. In the late '90s, that's so weird. I was just talking to yeah. a friend and his wife. Uh, why did you? That was why f- did? You, how did you know it? I didn't know it, but it came up in conversation the other night. A friend of mine's wife. Uh, that was like the first bar she was allowed into in New York, and it was like in the <laughs> late '80s. And she was yeah, like, "Oh yeah, real I guess tourist it was- trap type of place." It was off of Bleecker Street, obviously, and especially on the weekends. And then during the week, they had this one. They had a few acts that like, like started there that went on to become like big, like um. Joan Osborne okay. used to, was a regular band there, oh. and um, Blues Travelers. Nice. And, wow. Uh, what yeah, if, those are the I know. What well, if God you know. was one of us? Jeez. Was that exactly? <laughs> exactly. Just a stranger on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, but th- I mean, those are big acts to come out of like a, a out of a shithole in the West Village. And so, um, so, uh, so that was the late '80s that those bands were playing there. So it was kind of, and then there was this one band called the Niagara's. And do you know Frank Whaley? Do you know the actor Frank Whaley? Yeah, of course. So he was the drummer in that band. Uh, he his his I think his his the role he still acts I still see him in things. His biggest he was the he was the the in the movie Hustlers that came out the the J Lo movie. He was like the schmuck, like hedge fund guy who made them crawl around on the floor or whatever. I didn't see that but, movie, uh, but I, I, my wife but did and yeah, loved so he, it. He was also the guy who gets killed by Samuel Jackson in the in um, Pulp Fiction. With this, the mysterious briefcase. Yeah, but oh, he wait, was the he's drummer the, in that he's band. The one, wait, he's 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 the guy who's like Brad. He's the one who's like, look at the big brain on Brad. The he... one who's like, say what one more time, motherfucker. That that guy. He's the no, guy. Who says, what? That, that was a different guy. He was the guy. One who, of the other guys. He's the guy on the get, couch. Like the guy who was sitting in front of the, the briefcase with the gold come, you know, shows on him or whatever. He's he's Chris, he's flock he's of in... seagulls. He's like you, flock of seagulls. Get the briefcase. <laughs> That's yeah, what Samuel yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah. I think that was him. Yeah. That was, I think yeah. that was him. He's Chris, I think he's also in Broken Arrow. Oh, really? Now we're yeah. talking. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> now we're oh, talking. Now we're in Slater territory. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a Slater well, movie reference. <laughs> All right. So sorry, Mike. I digress. Oh, uh, you're, 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 you're going to it. You're, you're, you, uh, so, so Mario, or if you're in New York, then, Mario. So then he, he was he had needed someone to go with him to the game and um, interview people like someone to hold the mic and ask some questions so they could get some slip, uh, some, some clips. And um, so, you know, the all-star game is like a three day weekend, right? So they have this, the, the skills, the two days of like skills competitions and rookie games and all that stuff. Right. And then they have the, the, um, the game on the final day. So that year there were a number of things that were interesting. One is first. So I had full access, right? I had full access backstage stuff, right? You had like locker um, room access. What's that? You had like locker, locker room access. Yeah, Crazy. exactly. So, so I'll tell you who the who the the well, the guys that I remember who played in those games were like. So that was like you know Carl Malone. So okay, so there was no slam dunk competition that year. It was Kobe's second year in the league. He had won the slam dunk competition in his rookie year, and for some reason. The NBA decided the slam, like rightly probably, that the slam dunk competition was really boring. Yeah, <laughs> and they would replace it. And also that they wanted to promote the WNBA. 
Okay. So there was no slam dunk competition that year. They and also they had this thing called the two ball. They played something called two ball, mm-hmm. which they got one NBA star and one WNBA star from the same uh, city. Okay. And they would have this thing where like they had to like hit like they each had to like one had to hit a shot from the free throw line. Then the other one had to hit a shot from the the uh, the three point line. And one of them had to hit a layup and then like these kind of skill competitions. But they each each the man and the woman each had to sort of sort. it was one of the but um, uh, anyhow, a lot of a lot of time and energy was put into that one. Oh, man. It was like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, all I the only ones I remember are Carl Malone and and this woman, Carl Malone just seems and as just as you imagine, he probably would be so humiliated (laughs) to be out there playing a basketball with a woman. He's the worst. But anyhow, so then um, so they had that. So that was the day where I did a lot of work was the skills competition day. There were a number of things that were really amazing that I really stand out in my memory. One was I actually got to sit in the press section courtside, right? Wow. Like um, so the- this is the day a lot of the big press like was – I was part of the quote-unquote international press. Right. A lot of the big American press like didn't have people there all day. I got to sit next to John Andres. Now, you know who John Andres is? No. He, he was a New York – he was the color commentator for the Knicks oh, for okay. many, many years. Okay. He also did some. He's in the he's in the Jordan documentary doing color on one of those playoff games. But he grew up in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, with my mother and her brothers. So she, he knew my uncles. Shut up. So I was like, I got to introduce myself to him and like talk to him, and it was like <laughs> a really big deal. My family that I that I, that Don Andre remembered my uncles, the Capanos from Bay Ridge. So that was a lot of fun. And then. Um, and then, but then for the interviews again, I, first time in a lot in like a professional locker room like that. Interview Kobe Bryant his second year. What? Right? What? Yeah. So wow. So uh, I asked him, oh, you know, do you, do you have any regrets about not um, being able to defend your um, uh, your title in the slam dunk competition this year? And he gave this really cool answer about like this being the mecca of basketball and it would have been really great. Blah 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 blah. I remember that. Uh, I interviewed Jeff. Oh, so I interviewed Jeff Hornacek. Won the three-point competition that year for the Sixers. No, for the Jazz. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember what I asked him. And then Carl Malone. Carl Malone. What? Oh, he won the. They won the two-ball thing. So I got to talk uh, to Carl Malone about the two-ball thing. And that maybe that's one of the winners. I remember asking him that he's getting to the end of his career. I didn't say that, but I was like, so at this point in your career, are you thinking about? like career records and like all-star games and what they mean to you and stuff. And I remember it was after that, Mario said, he goes, you can't ask those like really good questions (laughs) (laughs) because like, we have to get like, this is why everyone asks stupid questions because you have to get on your news show. Yeah. Right. And all they want, they don't want some in-depth interview with Carl Malone. They just want Carl Malone saying, Hey, it's really great to be here. Yeah. They want the, (laughs) they want the quick soundbite and that's that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You have to ask quick soundbite. You have to ask the same question. Everyone else has asked the guy a hundred times already. That's amazing. Which made me glad I I didn't, didn't do that for a living. (laughs) Well, you can imagine, right? Like they're like, here comes Mike with his wordy fucking question that I don't want to think about. Let's avoid (laughs) this guy. Like, I'd be like, I'd be like Dick Cavett <laughs> in, in, the, in the press after the, after the Draymond Green, right? Like, with like a with a cigarette. So, oh, <laughs> Come over here, Draymond. <laughs> so anyhow, so that was that was that day. And the other takes I just had on it was stuff like, um, oh, the other thing, tying into the Last Dance, Michael Jordan was sick that weekend. I don't know he had the flu or what it was, 
But um, there was like, is Michael going to play? Is Michael going to play? Is Michael going to play? And um, all, even though Michael Jordan was, was probably in Atlantic City at that point, <laughs> all anybody could talk about was Michael Jordan. I mean, it was just, and plus, you know, that was, that was the same season that, that um, Last Dance is based on. So there was all this drama with the Bulls. Right. So people right. were hyped up on talking about Michael Jordan anyhow and what the future was and what Michael's going to do or not do. So, um, so I'll tell you, so, so then there's a lot of wandering around. Uh, I got to stand next to Shaq in the locker room. He was fully, Shaq, my experience was like, he was wearing like one of those, it wasn't like an eight ball jacket because it was yellow. But it was one of those like leather, like, like suits. buttery leather, like yeah, yeah, yeah bright yeah. yellow, a lot of different like um, uh, patchwork on it, yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, he looked like two people stuck together. Like he looked <laughs> like he looked like if you took like me and Chris and like glued my, my chest to his back and put us in a yellow leather suit <laughs> and then like stood us on a box. That's what Shaq was like. He was just like, I'd never seen anybody that size. It's crazy. Um, he, he held the door yeah. open for me. We, Chris and I went to the, the hall of fame induction ceremony to see Allen Iverson get in. And we, we, uh-huh. we sort of snuck into the Marriott afterwards, like as uh-huh. pretending to be in Tom Izzo's entourage. And so we got to <laughs> hang out at the Marriott after the induction ceremony and I, I was walking out of the bathroom as Shaq was walking in and he like, it was like, Ew. and I was just like, I, I just like put my head down and ran away. It was like a giant <laughs> had just appeared and opened the door for me. And I like went under his arm, like a little kid yeah. would. It was crazy. Yeah. The world's biggest yeah. bathroom attendant. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even like say thanks. I just was like, oh, 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 like, you just relieved yourself right on the spot. I, I was so flustered. <laughs> I was just so flustered. I was like, get me the fuck out of here. And then I ran back and I was I like, tell, it, Chris, it, it, Chris, it, it, Shaq it, opened the door for me. If you're around a basketball player, you're like, oh, they're big guys. They're big, but then there's Shaq. Yeah, and Shaq is like just like this other species of yeah, huge person. So he he was there. I remember Pete Vesey getting into a shouting match no. with Sean Kemp. No, course. oh my god. Because I, I think because I the reason I I'm, I don't I didn't, couldn't tell what it was about, but there was obviously like some issue and. Uh, Sean Kemp was trying to get away from him, and and Pete Vesey's coming at him, and some guys pushing Pete Vesey away. And this also, I saw, have another Pete Vesey thing years later when I again was with Mario, and this was when the Knicks beat the the Pacers to go to the um the finals in the the San Antonio the, finals. This, yeah, this yeah. was a little Trell Sprewell Knicks, right? Yeah. And Pete Vesey getting to another fight in the tunnel with Chris Mullen's brother. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Who look, was the spitting image? It looked like the spitting image of Chris Mullen, yeah. except like like with a little more air put in. From like him. from Marine Park, I think. I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. or or some. I think they're yeah. I'm not exactly sure where they're from. Somewhere but yeah. around there, yeah. But I remember at the time going back to the Sean Kemp thing. I think P- Pete Vesey was kind of like in his column, constantly intimating, if not saying. First place, he was always giving Sean Kemp a lot of a hard time about having a lot of kids. Yeah, <laughs> mm. and then. I think it was starting to leak out that Sean Kemp had a drinking problem. And mm-hmm. I think Pete Vesey's column like, was always hinting at that kind of thing. So did Pete Vesey, because he used to be on like NBA mm-hmm. Live. He used yeah. to be yeah. a yeah. guy. Like he was kind of the... NBA on NBC. Yeah, yeah the NBA. What ha- like, what, did, did players just get fed up with yeah. him? Is that what, why I he... So. I don't know if it's just players, but it's like he... Everybody. He, yeah, I think, I think he alienated a lot of people. I'm a big fan of his. And his I love his writing. Amazing. I love his and writing. He's still, he's still on Twitter. And I think he he puts out his stuff through Patreon now, but it is this kind of thing of like he's just too 
it, it depends. I, I don't know him personally, so maybe he is a really obnoxious, difficult person to I deal with. He is. But he's a little too real in some ways. He just he just has no kind of like sense of like because this well, is won't. another thing about the NBA All Star Game that was a real, in a certain sense, a real eye opener for me. It's it might as well be the Disney Corporation or like Xerox or like it's a very corporately uptight thing where it's the whole emphasis is on just you know uh, um, you know just stroking the corporate image you know um everything is mcdonald's everything is nike everything is like and like everyone's just there to sort of like to like roll around in the money you know that's why that's that's probably why when those the the the, i'm not anti-chinese sentiment um right like they came out who's yeah sure who's who's the right that's what that's when you kind of saw all of that yeah when daryl morey said that that's when you really got to see that firsthand it was like whoa whoa yeah Wait, I'm don't don't fuck with the they, money. Don't fuck with the money. Yeah, I'm even surprised that they were as kind of like rocked. They rocked the boat as much as they did the NBA on the China stuff because, again, this you know David Stern never would have done that. No. Like David Stern was very much like a money first guy. So, um, so anyhow, so what else? Who else? So who else were the big star? Like, um, um, what's his name? Yeah, Bar- Reggie Miller was just coming. I think Barkley was there. The You've got Bird and Magic, right? At that point, still Ewing. Obviously, I don't know the exact. No, ninety eight. Yeah. No. 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 They were all gone. Reggie was, Reggie was, in the, was Reggie gone was by ninety eight. Ten years. Oh, Reggie was in the league. Had been in the league ten years. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who am I thinking of then? Oh, I know. I saw Red. No, Red. Yeah, Reggie Miller was an all star. I saw Reggie Miller and Tracy Murray, and Tracy Murray had just been drafted, and and um because Tracy and he was another UCL. LA guy and those guys were hanging this is just these random things that are sticking in my head and they were hanging out a lot together so you've um, got you've got a funny you've actually got a bigger drunk than uh sean kemp in vin baker actually made oh really oh yeah, let's look, yeah look at that look at this look at the list of who's on the 98 so you've got the murderer jason williams not not so white that's a guy i remember not, not white clear, chocolate right? and that's when he was like the 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 like that happy clown prince of the NBA and everyone loved Jason Williams. Yeah. He was about to get yep. super paid. Uh, Antoine Walker, another drunk. Wow. This is great. You have to look very, uh, Oh man. So starting lineups on both sides, just so just for the listeners, Gary Payton, Kobe, Kevin, G- Kevin Garnett, Carl yeah. Malone, Shaq on the West and on the East, uh-huh. you had Penny Hardaway, Jordan, Grant Hill was a starter. Crazy. Sean Kemp, also a starter and Dikembe Mutombo. Okay. Yeah. And, and then a ra- a random cast of like this was su- this is such an all star like all star reserves from that from that era. You've got like Eddie Jones, Nick Van Ex- Nick Van Exel, Mitch oh, Richmond, yeah. Vin Baker, Glenn Rice, like Steve Smith, like some real dogs. Right? Oh, it was Tim Duncan's first all star game? Yeah, and, and that yeah, yeah, and Tim Duncan and David Robinson both played, and that was I think a big deal that that year was that like the passing of the torch, if you will. Oh, Steve Smith was there. Was, I don't remember. I don't remember. It was the first All Star game, but um, yeah, I'm so, sure that was um, Steve Smith's and, last All Star game. Too. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was oh, cr- criminally, criminally, criminally like unexposed, underexposed, and underrated player. It's because he had Steve a generic Smith. name. It's just because he had a generic. Name. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't right. realize Glenn Rice had made three uh, All Star games at that point. So that's pretty. Pretty yeah, yeah, he's a pretty good player for a few yeah, years he, there. Exactly. Yeah, he had a profile. Um, Definitely. So, so did you did you talk to any of the big, the big names of of? The- no, the only the only and I I ha- you know somewhere, like, in with a bunch of like I don't know probably a bunch of my favorite like 
um, porn VHS cassettes somewhere <laughs> is like that I that I decided to save over the years. So that box is probably worth, is a is a video cassette that Mario gave me of my interviews with those guys. You've got so it was Kobe. This. It was Kobe. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was I tried to look for it this past few days, and I have no idea where it is. Do you have a VCR? Kobe. Uh, no, I don't have a VCR, but I'd figure out. I mean, I got to find the cassette first. <laughs> it's the one without all the white crust on it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's not red. <laughs> but um, so then uh, I have. Uh, yeah, so it, it, there was just, uh, the only ones uh, Kobe, uh, Hornacek and um, mm-hmm. Malone, I think, were the only ones I might have interviewed. So um, then. So and I also got to sit courtside and see a lot of this stuff. Um, I don't remember any big celebrities on the the um, on those days. And then the day of the oh, sorry, guy, Chris, were you going to ask a question? No, no, that uh, yeah, I was I was going to go into that. If you, you actually watched the actual All Star game, yeah. So then, the game, yeah. the game, obviously, the, the the foreign press section was moved back off the court, so I was that out back a little further. But I did have still have the all access pass, and also I didn't have to work that day because for the actual kind of um, news story they had a guy uh, a mexican the, their mexican news guy come and he would do like the beginning and end like kind of caps for the for the little piece that they would send, send off to mexico um so i he he would do the thing it's just that he couldn't do the interviews so they would take the interviews i had done with mario they would take the um the uh the the stuff that this guy did and they would edit it together into a story so i was i just had an all access pass and a really nice seat um, and I was again sitting with the foreign press, and th- for some reason, the, the ce- even the celebrities I remember are very kind of like, pat- like I remember Drew Barrymore there, and it was again this is 1998, so I'm sure she was she was and wearing- an all star game, so it's it's not like who go- like who goes to an all star game? Well, now but everybody all, but, does. But NBA has always been like a big celebrity yeah, kind of hang. So yeah. what I remember is again, here's some people who were there was uh, um, uh, again Drew Barrymore. Um, Peppa from Salt and Peppa and <laughs> Trek from, from Naughty Oh, they were Nature. dating then. They were dating Yeah, then. they were together. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. so I remember them very, very much there. Uh, you know, that's about, who, who else do I remember being there? Like maybe like, yeah, Benjamin Bratt. Do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah, he was there. Okay. Listen to this terrible halftime show. It was Broadway <laughs> All-Stars. With, really? With members from Chicago, Bring in Da Noise, Bring in Da Funk, uh, Phantom <laughs> of the Opera, Cats, the Scarlet Pimpernel, Jekyll and Hyde, Miss Saigon, Smokey Joe's Cafe, Les Mis, and Titanic. That's what you had to sit through at halftime. Can you imagine that I, halftime now? So that? And I just, I no, I'm sure what I did was, you know, like wandered around and, and like tried to like get a close up look at like Pep or something like that. You know, <laughs> like that was you were on a, was, like, you you didn't refer to her as Pep, but you were on a Pep level at yeah, that exactly, point. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because if you Wikipedia this, there's no mention of the two ball game at all. Uh, and, the, oh, and, really? and actually a lot like some really cool dudes were in the rookies game, like uh, Keith Van Horn, Roderick Rose, the great uh, Ron Mercer. Chauncey actually played uh, for Boston, which I don't even remember Chauncey playing on Boston, actually. I think he was, he was drafted by Boston. Yeah. yeah. And the great, uh, the great Kevin Cato. Uh, so, uh, oh, wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Kelvin Cato. Yeah, Kelvin, yeah, Kelvin, yeah. sorry, yeah, Kelvin Cato. Yeah. So, yeah, so you, uh, and, uh, Annie Forsen. Anyhow, yeah. so, you know what's weird? And we'll go, we'll go, when we talk more about the, um, I guess for me, that was like, 
how old would I have been? So that was 1998. So I was like 20. I was 36. Wow. Uh, I was 36. But that's like that's the in some ways <laughs> speak, speaking now is <laughs> like well that's kind of like your prom. Like I felt like that was my prime of my life or something like For that. Sure. Where, where things are clearly the vividest, and I was at the height of sort of like my adulthood. Right? You were crushing like, it. Like, you were crushing. You were, you were bartending. Now, you were slanging was, drinks to John Popper and fucking chatting with Carl Malone on the no, sideline. So the, let me, this goes back to the thing. So because of that band, the Niagara is like he was really good friends with Ethan Hawke. So there was this whole kind of food chain of like a celebrities of the Ethan Hawke level and girls who wanted to meet them. So they're all like publicists in New York and stuff like that. And then all the guys who would be drawn by like the fact that all these women went to this thing. So like, and then there would be like other celebrities. Like I met, like I served drinks to see Buscemi okay. on a, um, the, on a, uh, Niagara's night and Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow came in together. Wow. John Stamos and Rebecca Romaine came in one night on a Wednesday and he sat in and played drums with them. Did they do and Kokomo? Is that? Did no, they, they do, did Kokomo. do Kokomo. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Anyhow, that's Uncle those. Joey for our younger listeners. Yeah. Um, so, so Mike, uh, just, I mean, I guess I, I, we haven't really talked about the, the, um, the last dance and, and I know, you know, not to, not to abruptly end the all-star game yeah. talk, but I do, I do sort of, it, t- it ties in cause I do kind of want your thoughts as like a, as our sort of in-house yeah. Nick's lamenter and just yeah. and and just sort of your thoughts on on watching back to this maybe revisionist history. I don't know. What do you what what's your sort of overall? I don't know. Feeling? I haven't followed any kind of like commentary on it or anything. Um, Neither have we. <laughs> because it's like I feel bad. Like I I I I gotta confess I have not been religiously listening to, to even not for nothing. But um, son of a bitch. Jesus sorry, Christ. but. Um, I can't imagine. Like, I remember when the when the lockdown first hit, I would turn on like Scott Van Pelt or Sports Center, and I'd be like, "This is sad. Like, this is, these people are like in hell for the yeah. foreseeable future. Yeah. Like, this he he must be losing his mind every night before he's supposed to go on the air." And um, and I haven't checked back to see how it's gone because I have no. There's nothing to talk. And I think one of the things about the Last Dance that has kind of like made it so popular is because there's so many things that you've forgotten and because that basketball, like you're talking about a really good team, it is like experiencing an NBA season where it's like there's drama and there's great basketball. And there's like a lot of the things that you get out of watching that we follow basketball for, we're getting out of that, that, uh, that series. Shitty GMs, Um, bad ownership. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, but then, and this is a good reason I'm not watching like first take or any of that stuff. People are arguing about stuff that happened 20 years ago. People argue about it as if like, I I expect like Like, Stephen A. Smith is saying like, yeah, like, Oh, I think Jordan's definitely going to stay at the end of the 98 season, <laughs> right? Like, I I have people telling me he's definitely going to be there. Like, what are they going to say? And then it's like you see, I see stuff on YouTube. I just see the head things on YouTube. It's like Stephen Smith reacts to Michael Jordan. Do it. It's like it happened 20 years ago. What is he reacting to? Well, he's he's. I I think that the big controversy, at least the one that I've sort of been keeping an eye on, is just how much everybody hated Isaiah. And how much Isaiah's pretending everybody loved him. Like there's a real No, but yeah, that's a that's kind of a story it's like the Pistons were dicks. And I and, and you know, yeah, I I don't know if we again this will take things really far away, but it's like there's the the last episode or the episode seven, I think is the last one I saw, was Michael Jordan's a dick kind of episode, right? Right. And it's yeah. and 
the thing that came across to me was we all knew that Michael Jordan had issues with his teammates even at the time, right? We knew like yeah. about the Bill Cartwright stuff and we knew about this stuff even before the book came out, right? Yeah, right. So um, – and yeah, and guys punching each other. Like have you ever like heard the like the um, Kevin Garnett um, – uh, who's the guy that does the Nick games now? Um, the guy from Long Zerbiak? Island. Yeah, Zerbiak stories. No. Kevin Garnett chasing Zerbiak out of the gym. <laughs> to beat him up on the T Wolves, yeah, I'll find those stories for you. But it's crazy. So like, stuff happens. It's not a big deal. I and mean, if you hear see Michael Jordan's teammates like B.J. Armstrong, I don't get the feeling that they're like trying to soften it or anything. But none of them are saying, "Yeah, he really made me unhappy. He, yeah, I, I really that, ruined I my think, championships." I think that what was like Will Perdue's like, point. Di- he was difficult to be around, but we were professional athletes, and, and we they were, were winning. And we were winning, and I have this ring on my finger because of him. And you know, this is you know, yeah, it was really hard, and but it's that's on him. It didn't ruin my life, you know, kind of stuff. And Michael Jordan at the end, you could see him kind of choke. And that's my take on it when I see him. It's like he kind of feels, oh, I had to be that way to be the best. And and we won. I mean, he so, even, so he even said at one point, he's like, you you pay the price. Like yeah, right, exactly. there's a price for winning, and and this is sort of that that was the price of it. And I think everyone else sort of they. They might not have been okay with it, but they they at least sort of accepted it at that point in time because you're winning. Because like you can you listen to all these other teams like in any other sport that's dysfunctional and they're not winning. Like this, it doesn't last, right? It doesn't right. work. Then it get, blows right. up. Everyone has an opinion. People don't like right. each other. So it's like it's just ask PJ it's the Carly great sort of equalizer or something. Then is, is winning. Yeah. Like if if Jordan wasn't that good and they weren't winning championships, like this one, this wouldn't be a story. But two, they wouldn't have you know that they wouldn't have tolerated him then. Basically. No. No. So my, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And all, and also, I, I don't know, I, I get the sense that there's like a line, like even when he, they show those clips of him at Scotty Burrell, first place, this is like a career for Scotty Burrell, this, this last dance. Yeah. But um, who I told again, I had totally forgotten to forgotten about. And now I'm like, yeah, what, what, what's up, Scotty Burrell? Scotty Burrell's um, got a real fox of a wife. You should, you should check, make oh, sure. Oh, yeah, you, I got to yeah, make sure. That, you, okay. Yeah. But there's uh, also a reason there's also a reason why it's Jordan and Pippen are the only two players in the Bulls history for that time period that won the six championships. Right. Right. And there's about 17, 15 or 17 other guys who won three. Me and, me and Chris were talking the other day and it was like, I could not keep straight, straight, uh, Will Perdue, Luke, Luke Longley, Bill Wennington, <laughs> Bill, Wennington. <laughs> Bill Wennington, Bill Wennington was the name that we couldn't remember. Right. Yeah. You know, these guys, um, and then there was like, yeah, John Paxson, Steve Kerr. Right. Like, well, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny to like that one part, the part that I think that was the most eye opening or the part that made me the happiest was when they're talking about gambling on the plane. And, uh-huh. and, and I think it's, I think it's Will Perdue who's like me, Pax, Wennington, yeah. <laughs> we're all up at the front playing, you know, blackjack for a dollar, like getting yeah, laughed yeah. at by like the cool guys on the team. Like <laughs> yeah, there was absolutely. a there was the nerds on the front of the bus and the cool <laughs> yeah. kids on the back of the bus. Like it's just absolutely it's so awesome yeah. to hear that dynamic exists like throughout yeah. your oh, NBA well, life. Well, that's one of my theories about life is just high school never it never ends. Yeah, that's like, this if is you, a perfect if you example. traveled around like if you work in an office like I do or used to, <laughs> if you travel around <clears throat> with your office mates that's what would happen. It's yeah. like Lord of the Flies or something. <laughs> yeah. There would be a cool yeah. people's table and there would be a, a nerd's table. Yeah. It's yeah. A, there's always a there's always a balance. Like whether yeah. you intend to have it or not, yeah, there's there's always some sort of dividing lines and balance of, of some sort of ecosystem or yeah. social system. They say on the streets, uh, the only the only nerds that get to be down with cool kids on the streets are people that were in the military 
or uh, people who could play sports. Like that's it. Yeah. Otherwise, the, the, that's that's a hundred percent of the way. That, that, and that's like sort of Steve Kerr in my mind. Steve Kerr is like the guy that kind of got to go to the nerd table, but then sometimes to <laughs> yeah. chill at the cool table. Yeah. Because well, he just had those, games. I mean, this, in this game, you look at those John, like the, on the flashback stuff, and the, you look at those John Paxson shots that delivered actual championships. Yeah. Like to them, it's like. You're like, why isn't there a statue of John Paxson I know. in Michael Jordan's house? Like, <laughs> it's where's where's the John Paxson oil painting? Like, <laughs> I would love a John Paxson oil painting. That in Michael Jordan's house, I would love to see that. Um, all right, so we're 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 getting oh, short we're getting yeah. short on time, Mike. But I did want I I had one specific question, Chris. I feel free if you have one too, or a no, multiple. no, no. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to, as a Knicks fan. Uh huh. Did, when the part, the Charles Smith part comes, and it comes yeah. and goes pretty fast. <sighs> but as you see yeah. it coming, are you cringing? Are you thinking about fast forwarding? What's your, no. what's the thought process as as you know they're getting towards that moment and then sort of showing it? Okay, so I was at that game, wow. and um, it was really hard. And for years, I've always, you know, the Charles. I, and after watching it in in that context and watching the clip that they showed, it's kind of interesting because this is from a Bulls perspective, you know, right and. And it was like, wow, he didn't do that bad. Like they really just stuffed him. Yeah, right. It was a great like it wasn't like he he, he he wimped out or he didn't do anything. And like, no, he he, he Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan like all like putting it back in his face. And uh, a, I guess I don't feel quite. Look, and at that game, even at the game, as the Knicks miss free throw after free throw after free throw, you're like, ah oh, man, we are blowing our chance. Yeah. Um. And still, that's kind of like what come back. It's like it's unfair. I guess my take on it was, wow, it's really unfair that that's the Charles Smith game because, you know, that's not what that wasn't. That was a la- the last play of the game. But that really was the Bulls making a really good defensive play. But the Knicks really choked in that game. But I, f- I forget what the numbers were from the free throw line, but I think they were like they had a lot of shots and they they probably I don't know if they got 50 percent. Um, well, wasn't that that's also shooting. game five, right? Like, uh, it's not like a dis- yeah, it was. Not- it was because game six was back in was back in Chicago. So it's not even a deciding that that game. Was the, that, what's that? It's not. It wasn't the deciding game, right? Like, but it, um, it kind of turned the kind of the, the series, I guess, or whatever. It 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 felt like they had Chicago on the ropes, and that if they won that game, they probably would have won the series, maybe. Like it, yeah, it just, that, they kind of lost the it. That was the best right? team that they had yeah. during that whole run. They had the best record of the league. They had home court. That's what they had home court advantage, and we just blew the home court in that yeah, game. Right. That's what was killer. Was like we all the years that we played the Bulls, they always had the best record. They always had the home court advantage. This time we had it. We had we we felt like we had the better team. I mean, other than the team where where um. Michael, the, you know, the year Michael was gone, I guess. It was he shot, he shot, the, yeah. the Knicks shot 57% from the free throw line. They were, they, yeah. they were 20 How many? 35. 35, 20 for 35. So that's like, that's what is like 10 oh. points they left on the, t- on the table. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. I, um, I was a, I was a huge Knicks fan in the nineties of those teams. I don't know uh-huh. why, but they, I just, I liked the physicality. I liked the way they played. Yeah. Defense, the whole thing. I enjoyed watching those kinds of games. And I remember that still breaks my heart because I, and I also, for some reason, I don't know why, but I loved uh, Smith. Uh huh. 
I, I just I thought he was going to be better than he was or something. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and he was one of those kind of in between guys, like not like a stretch four, but sort of like very athletic for his size and build or whatever. Yeah, and I I, I just it's still in my in my brain in my heart like just visualizing him getting stuffed like three times. Yeah, getting three chances and just and I was like they're going to win this game. He's going to win. You know, and there's like no, and then just. Oh, that riding that wave of just yeah, no. disappointment three times in a row, I just it still crushes me. When I saw that, I just it almost breaks my heart more so than watching the replays of when Seattle lost to the Bulls in the finals for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't you know, know why. You know, when you ask me as a Nick fan, what what comes back to me is a like there's some some stuff about it is like one of the things that frustrates me about Nick fandom, like because you know it's all everything's on the internet now and everything. So I if I'm on like Reddit or Twitter or whatever, and I have any kind of communication with Nick fans, like, and I hate to sound like the old man, but these kids today, there are so many people who grew up and never even saw a good Knicks team, and th- those teams in the late nineties were so fun, good to root for, yeah, yeah, like, and they, got, they, and they were, were so like, close, like, great, person- yeah, exactly. great personalities, uh, and that's what it meant to like, oh, Pat Riley, like. Like what he instilled in that team, Anthony Mason, John Starks, like those are like the kind of like it's like listening to my mother talk about like, you know, Duke Snyder and Jackie Robinson or something. Right. right. It's like that's how I felt about those those guys, you know. So just um, one quick note on that on that game. If the Knicks would have won, it would be known as the John Paxson game because John Paxson played 15 minutes, was 0 for 2. Uh, from for field goals had no points, no rebounds, no assists, no steals. Oh, he was just. He was just. That. That's why there's no painting of John Paxson in Michael Jordan's house. <laughs> um. So yeah, so that's that's so that's one of my. What's I guess my and the other thing was I said this to you, Chris, and like is. Being a Knicks fan all those years when Michael Jordan was in the league, and like, I I, I hate the Bulls. Like, it's all reminded me how much I hate the Bulls. Like watching that, like I have total kind of it's that kind of feeling I have about the Bulls of, and I guess it's how people in the fifties or whatever felt about the Yankees or whatever. It's something like, like this is an amazing kind of force of nature. This 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 is, like Michael Jordan is really unbeatable, and I would wake up every day. And I said, it's like that feeling of when you wake up every day and realize Donald Trump is still the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. It was like you would wake up every day and realize Michael Jordan is still in the NBA on the mm-hmm. Chicago Bulls. And like my team is going to have to try to beat him. Like Never it was still that feeling him. of just like, oh, shit, it wasn't just a bad dream. Right. Like, yeah. I remember and, as a Sixer fan, I would be like ecstatic just to make it to the playoffs and be like, uh-huh. I know we're not winning in the playoffs, but. Maybe we'll win a couple playoff games because Michael Jordan's in the league. There's no way that this is going to happen yeah. for us. Yeah, right. Yep. It's the same way. I imagine Rockets fans must feel like Knicks fans felt back then, like Rockets fans in this decade, right? Because feeling like there's this this yeah. super team that you can't get back, and then like you know, like although we didn't have to deal so much. Well, it's kind of the same thing, but have to deal with the um, Kevin Durant kind of factor or whatever of like, oh shit, really? Yeah. Like now or like. Remember when Boogie Cousins joined the team or whatever, like those kinds of like blows, right? Yeah. Um, the, they're kind of in that same same situation of a team that there's something really special about, but they're not as special as this amazing steamroller team, you know? So it's uh, it's cyclical. It, what goes around comes around. It basically mm-hmm. just get the best player on your team and you'll win. <laughs> I guess I, I guess it's kind of like that, right? Um, yeah. That's but the, um, that's the, beauty the, other, the other thing too is like you know so like Michael wasn't liked Kobe wasn't liked right I mean God rest his soul um, 
Mm-hmm. And it also makes me feel like, you know, LeBron, I, I guess pe- people will have things to say about LeBron when he's gone and stuff like that. But I don't, gonna, don't think it's going to be ca- the kind of thing like where like he was so like such an asshole to his teammates. Maybe he is, but that's always the feeling I've gotten from him is that I'm sure he does shitty things behind the scenes or like arranges things or is self-serving in his way. But I never get the feeling like he's like abusing people in practice or anything like that. I think he's way more like passive aggressive about everything. Mm-hmm, maybe. Yeah. Whereas George is, will just get in your face and talk shit to you and, and, and demean you or whatever, you know, into your face. And, and cause he's, you know, he's trying to push you or whatever. And I think LeBron sort of just does it sort of behind your back or like doesn't say anything to your face, but then goes, you know, around, around your back and does something or gets you fired. You know. Like all of his coaches. Yeah. 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 Like calls yeah. his right. agent and has yeah. like, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah. Like, or I don't want this guy on the team anymore. You know, trade, yeah. you know, whatever. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Oh, one, one other thing too, cause this, this goes back to the all-star game. So Michael Jordan did play that next day in the, in the all-star game. And after the game, I'm walking through like the tunnels in behind Madison's garden. And I go through, you know, and it's like a, it's like a round kind of hallway that goes around the we, whole. We know it well. So I walk through that doorway and like, there's these kind of double doors every like, you know, couple hundred feet or whatever. Right. Right. And I walk through these double doors and then coming halfway through the, that supports the hallway is Michael Jordan surrounded by like 30 reporters. And as I walk through, it's just in that range of kind of like, I walk through, he looks up and he kind of looks at me like, Oh, someone's just, and it's this kind of thing of like, that's his life is like people just constantly coming at him and his head have to be on a swivel of seeing who's coming at him at any given time. And it really was one of those moments of like, this is a really like different existence from like other people live, you know, uh, is really yeah. kind of strange. That's a great, uh, I don't think we could end at a better point. You really like really <laughs> sold that. Sold that mm-hmm. cyclical wrap up. That was great. Oh, you. I, I, Beautiful. So, Hilarious. Mike, I uh, just want to say we appreciate you taking your time. We love having you on Cold Cuts. You're you're one in a million. Oh, thank you. I, I really love uh, love doing this, and I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad it's fun for you guys too. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Take care. Thanks, you guys Mike. stay healthy. Peace, Mike. Bye-bye.